What a wonderful name is the name in which we gather today and in which we find life itself. In these moments, our God, may we focus upon you as revealed to us through your Son, Jesus, in his life, his death, and his resurrection. We're here because we need to be here and because we need a word from you. And so as we turn to your word, God, would you empower it in your spirit? And would you use it to speak to our hearts about the need of this hour? Father, thank you for this congregation, for all the ministry that goes on here now and has gone on here for well over a century. God, we lift this church to you and the pastor search committee and how we anticipate the day in which you move and a new pastor has the joy of serving you with these people in this place. Would you guide our pastor search committee? Would you give them wisdom and insight? Would you hold them in the palm of your hand where there's absolutely no way they could miss your will? And Lord, we'll pray for them each day as this process moves on. And now, Father, bless all we do and hear. May this be the day we learn to love you a bit more, serve you a bit better, make a difference in our world. We dare to ask it in that name that's above every name, even the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Uh, Our children may make their way to Children's Church uh, if they're headed that way. We're glad you're here today. Thank you for all the mentioning, recognition of Pastor Appreciation Month, but uh, you you did get one thing wrong. Uh, you, You said we all volunteered And the truth is, I'm paid to be good. It's those other guys that have to be good for nothing. And, uh, but we, we appreciate that so much. Pat and I are honored today. Uh, We have a guy who sometimes introduces himself as Billy Graham's brother. Now, it's not that Billy Graham, but... uh, Don and Paula Graham are sitting back here, wave at us. They're, he was deacon chairman when I went to be interim in Lano. And I think before they got through with me over there, it was about his turn to be deacon chair again. They're, they're good friends. They're on their way back from a camping trip and will be getting back to Lano today. It's good to see you guys. And thank you. Thank you for coming. Well, time flees, so turn in your Bibles, please, to 1 Peter chapter 3. I'm going to begin reading in verse 13 and read through the end of the chapter. I love this book, 1 Peter, and it's speaking to us about the hope. But we are going to finish it, I hope, before Thanksgiving as we have this look at it. So give attention quickly to the word of God. First Peter 3, beginning verse 13. 
Who is there to harm you if you prove zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. And do not fear their intimidation, and do not be troubled, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. And keep a good conscience, so that that in the thing in which you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ will be put to shame. For it is better, if God should will it so, that you suffer for doing what is right than for doing what is wrong. For Christ also died for our sins once for all, the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit, in which he also went and made proclamation to the spirits now in prison, who once were disobedient when the patience of God kept waiting in the days of Noah during the construction of the ark, in which a few, that is, eight persons, were brought safely through the waters, Corresponding to that, baptism now saves you, not the removal of dirt from the flesh, but an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is at the right hand of God, having gone into heaven after angels and authorities and powers had been subjected to him." May God bless this, the reading of his word. Someone sent me an email you may have seen. It was about a a grown young man who went to see his mother. And he said, Mother, remember when I was a smart aleck young kid, you used to tell me you were going to slap me in the next year. Mother, I've come. I want you to do it. And she looked at him and said, okay, I'll do it, but I want you to hang on to me because I want to go with you. That's the way many of us feel about 2020. It's been a strange year with all going on. And we have an election and I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm, I'll be so glad when the political ads are over. I don't care if the TV stations go out of business with a lost revenue. Evidently, they're all crooks. Just listen to the ads. What are we going to do? And how do we deal with years like this? Because so many of them can indeed be. You know, one of the real problems for many people this year is that we're tired. We're tired of people telling us about masks. Uh, We're tired of not knowing the future and all those things. How do we deal with that? 
Well, I think Peter challenges us to stay positive in life and to stay focused. And it is that I want to stay say to you as quickly as I can this morning because time is getting away from us. As, as we stay positive, what is it Peter says to us? Well, first he says, be zealous for doing and being good. And who is there to harm you if you are zealous for being good? Who is there to harm you if your desire is to do and be good? We hear about zealots in the pages of the New Testament. Sometimes we see them today at football games, fanatics. And sometimes we get, you know, been out of shape over that. But, but the call, the word that, use, that Peter uses here is telling us to be a zealot for doing good. Do our best to do good and to be good. And you young folks in junior high and high school, hear that word. Because not often do we want to just be good and to do good and to live well. We all want friends. But do you remember that the easiest way to have friends is to begin by being a friend And you have a marvelous reputation, church, here in this community for the good you do. You do have these lay pastors who serve you and love you without compensation and make a difference in your body and in the church, in the community. You... uh, You do all kinds of good things. You never want to tire of that. You want to stay after that. You are to keep on keeping on doing good. But Peter also wants you to realize that it's possible that it may cost you to be good. He says, but even if you would perhaps suffer For the sake of righteousness. You may realize that in the Greek language there are these things called conditional sentences. There are four conditional if clauses. This is the fourth one and it means really it's a widely held principle. You may do well but you still may suffer for doing good. Understand that it may cost you. Sometimes God allows you and calls you to suffer. Now, if you have to suffer, remember that these people to whom Peter is writing are suffering for their faith. The suffering is not a disease. The suffering is a persecution.